in their groups this morning that you will bless them, that you will show them something new. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, James. Right. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Father God, I just thank you for the heart of James, for the servant-heartedness. Lord, I pray that every word he speaks this morning will bring light into our hearts and into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Um, Last Friday was um, Valentine's Day, a day we all try to share love. And, And I've got to say, TLG is about going and loving the kids. Because love changes lives. You know, there is power in love to change lives. There is power in love to bring transformation in lives. Uh, Some of us on Friday either went, I know you're thinking, what's he got that for? Wait for it. You will will see why I've got myself a God. I'm going to kill someone today. Um, We either went out for a meal or had a meal prepared for us, or I hear co-op was offering a Valentine's special with a, a pre-packed meal with a wine, but you did something to share love. And we do that every year on the 14th of February. We try our best to share love. Why? Because there is power in love. There is power in love. You know, and the power we find in love changes lives, can bring such transformation to our lives. Now, we've used the word love a lot. I love my dog. I love my car. I love Chavez, if you're a footballer. I love United. I love a dress. I love a particular car. And we've used love so much so that the word love is, is becoming a word that we try to shy away from sometimes because it's weird to love something or someone. I want you to think with me. Okay, we use the word love a lot. Think with me. If I came to you and I said I loved you, will that be a problem? Will that bother you? To come and say, Bob, I love you. Will that be a bother to you? Why do we worry so much? See, I I threw this question to my family. What if someone random walked up to Dean and said to Dean, Dean, I love you. From out of nowhere, no warning, what would your reaction be? Yeah, I know you think, if it's a lady, you think, what she want? She actually might not want anything. She might be expressing genuine care and concern for you. If it's a guy, you think, "Mm, I wonder what's going on with him. But there might be nothing to it. Here is what my family told me, that if that happened, they would think that person is a weird, deluded fool. Genuine response, because it's odd 
to find a random person walk up to you and genuinely say, I love you without wanting something. Now, that fear of somebody wanting something when they say, I love you, has pushed us to the point where we begin to fear that phrase, I love you. We think, ooh, he wants something, she wants something, they want something. It happens to me in the office quite a bit. If you, if you commend, is it? If you commend somebody or you acknowledge what someone's wearing, they go, what do you want? I don't want anything. I'm just telling you your hair looks nice. I'm just telling you your dress looks nice. I'm just telling you that I appreciate you. See, but when love becomes something we're frightened of, we begin to miss out on the change that love can bring. Now, a friend of mine actually told me that when somebody says, I love you, I'm waiting for them to stab me. Because it's happened that often that somebody would say, I love you, and the next thing you get is a knife on your chest, or a knife on your back, or some gossip that you're surprised that it came from the person it came from. And that happens quite a lot. And that's why I've got my gun. It's a Nerf gun. Don't worry, no one's going to die. Apparently, it's still painful when you fire it at somebody. I'm just going to test it, make sure it actually works. Yeah, okay, see where the bullet's gone. I've been told if I don't bring that back, I'll pay a tenner for it. But isn't it normal to walk up to somebody? I've picked Andy today, walk up to him and say, Andy, I love you. Now, you see his reaction. You see his reaction. I, I, I love you. You don't need to hold a book up. Love you too. There's actually nothing in it. But you see, just that fear means Andy is not open to receive the love I'm bringing because of that. There was nothing in it. There was nothing to fear. But I have created an atmosphere that's generated some sort of concern for his own safety with this love. Now, that's not what God called us to, and that's not the love God's sharing with us. That's not the power that God's giving us through love. God wants us to love. We all know that love is powerful. Love is powerful to build, and love is powerful to destroy. You say, how can love destroy? Well, look around the world. Wars have been started by people who are in love with power and control. And because they want to keep that control, they love it, they will destroy anything else for their own benefit. They will destroy anybody they can to benefit themselves. But love, on the other hand, has the power to build. Power for control has destroyed nations and states and countries and homes. But we can also build. It's love that brought God. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, God came to the garden after Adam and Eve had fallen and eaten the forbidden fruit. God came and dressed them. He looked at them and said, where are you? He said, I'm hiding because I'm naked. And God said to him, who told you you are naked? Have you done what I told you not to do? Out of love, God dressed them both. Out of love, Jesus went to the cross and died. You know, John 3.16 says, and we'll come to it at some point, God so loved the world that he gave. 
Love does have power to change lives. Your love does have power to change life. We've talked about TLG. It's loving children, children who are not experiencing care and love that need that love and care from whoever they can find it from. People are taking advantage of it and abusing children. We can take advantage of it and save the children. Stop them falling from the top of the mountain. We can stop that happening. That love is in you. That love is in me. That love is in us together. Let me show you what love can do. The changes love can bring. Genuine, sincere love. Because there is love that is not genuine. And we'll see the impact of insincere love in a few minutes. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God wasn't lonely. God cared that he gave. When the love of God lives in you, you will come to the point where you give. Now, your giving will not be in comparison to Bob. Let me take this example. I went out. I asked for help. I hope they don't mind. I didn't pre-warn them I was going to use this. I didn't plan to use it. And Bob and Justine came out to help me. Now, Bob is the original Bob the Builder. Justine is just Justine. But watching them, each brought something to that. Bob drove the van. And, and it's amazing. I was sat in between two of them. Justine by the window here and Bob driving the van. And I was sat in the middle. And Bob was trundling along. And Justine was busy wiping steam from... Not because Bob asked. She knew what to do. Together, they gave me such love that I'm thinking, I better be a good husband <laughs> when it's my turn because these two are working together. And they gave me such a great example of loving together. They probably didn't realize I was learning a lot from them. So God gave because he wanted us to be saved. He let his son die on the cross because he wanted us to be saved. When the love of God richly and truly dwells in you, you will come to the point of giving. Love, if it doesn't transform you, will not transform anything around you. If it doesn't change you, nothing around you would change. When love, God's love comes into your heart, you will come to the point where you give without wanting something back in return. Not even a thank you. I do something in the office. I like to help. And I've been thinking lately, maybe I shouldn't. Because some people take advantage of, oh yeah, James would do it. James would do it. Just, just ask James to move the arm from that desk to that desk. And then they want to move it back. I'm thinking, that's not in my job description. Should I stop? And somebody turned to me and said, no, please don't. It's because you care. Now, I could have stopped because I think I'm being used. 
love, genuine love in your heart will make you give regardless of where you are. Secondly, perfect love will drive out fear. If love is not perfect, it doesn't matter how many times you say, I love you. Fear, you, you, you saw from my illustration, even though I'm telling him I love him, and he genuinely knows I love him, the object in my hand obstructed that. There was fear. Fear came into that relationship. And he wasn't, he wasn't expecting love anymore. He was expecting to be stabbed. 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear. In love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Where there is fear, there is no freedom. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If there is fear, if I walk up to you and say, I love you, and you think, Oh, James, you're married. I, I, I didn't say I was in love with you. I'm not. I'm in love with my lovely wife. I just love you. I care about you. And, you know, the world has taken that phrase and twisted it and mangled it. And we're running away from it because the world has mangled it. That phrase belongs to us. We should take it back and use it and walk up to people and give them a hug. I, I walk with people who are, who are broken. No, I'm not just talking about the clients that I meet. I mean the staff that I walk with. Some of them are broken. Some of them are struggling. And going and just giving somebody a hug says a lot. But when you are afraid, oh, somebody will misinterpret me, or they will think I'm like this or like that, or they'll think I want something. Yes, they will. But should that stop you loving? Should that stop you being concerned? Remove fear from your love. When there is fear, your love is weakened. Where there is doubt, your love is weakened. TLG will not work when we go in and think, oh, this school will think I'm trying to abuse or take advantage of a child. Is that what you're there to do? If that is, stop. Don't do it. If you have ulterior motives, don't do it. Let that love come from a genuine heart. Number three. Love is tolerant of others. Love tolerates people. Right. My lovely wife tidies up after me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the tidy one. I'm not. She tidies up to the point that I get annoyed that she's tidying up. Because I'm still using it. And you've binned it. You know, but... She bears with me, and I bear with her. Why? Because we love, genuinely love each other. We're willing to bear each other's weaknesses. We're willing to endure each other's failings. We're willing to endure the fact that you panic, and I don't. You do things a bit too slow. You try to do all the DIY, and you botch the DIY job. Now we're going to have to spend money. That's me. And she wants to do everything right now. And I'm like, whoa. You know, we find a balance somewhere. First Peter 4, 7 to 9 says, Since we are approaching the end of all things, be intentional and purposeful and self-controlled so that you can be given to prayer. Above all, 
constantly echo God's intense love for one another, for love is a canopy over a multitude of sins. We all make mistakes. I have made my fair share of mistakes. You have made your fair share of mistakes. If you haven't, you will. Your time to fail will come. But perfect love bears with the fact that you've made your mistake. I get it. You've had your own run at life. I get it. You've messed up. I get it. We're starting all over again. We're drawing a line. We're forgetting the past. We're doing like God did. Yesterday is gone. I've forgotten the past. I'm starting with you afresh. Powerful love will let you start again. Classic example, I go to the gym. You, you know I go to the gym. And, and you, you'd, you'd walk out and you walk out and you walk out and your coach would come and say, you're not getting it, strip it down. Strip it down to an empty bar, start again. And he'll stand by you and they will stand by you and help you build and help you build and come to the point and then trick you to achieve the goal you wanted to achieve. You think it's impossible, say, oh, no, no, it's not. They'll give you the wrong number by maybe two or three kilograms. And you go, yay, I got it. So you know what you just did? You actually just did the number you thought you couldn't. Genuine, sincere love. They see you, they see your goal, they, want, they see you make the mistakes and they tell you what you're doing wrong and they help you fix it. If we begin to be purposeful and intentional and accommodate one another and bear with one another and know that we're different and black, you're white. I love to dance, you don't. You have absolutely no sense of rhythm. But it doesn't matter, we don't have to do the same thing. We just have to be individuals who care, who love, who are sincere, who are intentional and purposeful and self-controlled. You've got to be intentional and purposeful and self-controlled. Love tolerates the other person intentionally. Intentionally. Just because George cannot make a perfect cup of tea doesn't mean I cannot tolerate George. There are things he can do better. I'll... It's all right, George. It's all right. I, I would focus on what he can do and not worry so much about his weakness. Help him in the area of his weakness, but build in the area of his, of his strength. Number four, love always seeks good for the other person. Romans 12, 9. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. King James, New King James says, let love not be with hypocrisy. Let your love be genuine. Despise evil, embrace anything that is good. Don't wear a mask. Don't do that. You're right. And then when they turn around, the smile is gone because the smile is fake. Let your love be genuine. If you want to give someone a hug, give them a hug. Many years ago, I had Ndi Freke ran up to me. That was back in, in, in my home country, Nigeria, and he, he was our music director. I was in his choir, as it were, which we used to call it. He ran up to me and went and then froze. 
So I'm not sure if I can give you a hug. So if that's what you want to do, do it. I'm not about that. If you want to do it, stop pretending about it. If you love someone, go up and tell them you love. If someone's doing something good, go and compliment them. Be genuine. Be genuine. Stop faking love. Yes, I know we say fake it till it happens. It doesn't work with love. Love has got to be genuine. Love has got to stand out and play its part. So please don't pretend. If you like Dean's beard, go and tell him, Dean, your beards look good. I love them. Don't begin to think, oh, I'm going to go and tell Dean. And you're going, Dean, hi, Dean. And, and you're not telling him exactly what's going on. You're pretending. Dean begins to think, what's wrong with that weirdo? You're not straightforward. You're not plain. You're, you're, you're beating about the bush. You're running from pillar to post, never really saying anything. Don't pretend. Don't wear a mask. That also means that if you've offended me, I won't go. It's terrible that if you are offended, the person you've, that has offended you gets to hear they've offended you from a third party. That's gossip. If I have offended you, walk up to me and say, James, I didn't quite like the way you said that. You might be right, and I might be wrong, and I'll apologize if I am, or if you've misunderstood me, I'll explain myself. But what's the need pretending and going and telling somebody, oh, I can't believe what they did? And then it, it goes round. See, because what goes around comes around. The person will get to hear. That is not love. That breaks the family apart. That weakens community. So if someone's offend you, don't pretend. Go and very nicely and very gently tell them how you feel. Don't go and say, oh, Steve, you did this to me, because he didn't. What he did made you feel a certain way. So tell him, oh, you said this the other day, and this is how it made me feel. I feel, I feel I'm not valued because of what you said. Oh, okay, that's not how I meant it. And, and you iron it out, and you build love. It happens in relationships. I mean, romantic relationships. Something happens, and you sit down and talk about it. Why can't we do it in this relationship? Because we're all in a relationship. It doesn't have to be romantic. We are all in a relationship. We all belong to a family. What am I trying to say? Stop pretending. Ephesians 4, 2 to 3, love covers wrongs and mistakes. It says this, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bear with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Now, something happened to me. I heard a rumor about me. And I'm thinking, that never happened. And I really, really wanted to have a go at it. And God said no. Two or three months later, I found out the source. I found out the person who told me about the rumor was the source of the rumor. 
And I'm thinking, well, okay, God, I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to focus on where I'm going. Because if I start it, I will not be keeping the peace and I will not be keeping the unity. But my job is to build. My calling is to build. Tear down what is wrong and build what is right. So please, bear with one another. Don't go around talking about people. He says, with gentleness and long-suffering, bear with one another. The only way we will maintain unity is to love each other genuinely and understand that while Dan is good at what he's doing, I am absolutely rubbish at it. So if he tells me off for making something wrong, I take it kindly because I'm wrong. I'm good at certain things he's not good at. So when I deal with, and I tell him, you're doing that wrong, he takes it kindly because he's wrong. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and it's easy. Both of us can walk together. We argue, don't get me wrong. We argue, but we respect our point of view. We're different. Bear with one another. The only way we will continue is to accept that we are different and don't pigeonhole anybody. Love requires us to be active. Love is an action word, or what is it in English? A noun? A verb. I went to night school, so I didn't read that part very well. Love is an action word. It's not a passive word. John, John 1, 3, 18 says this, and I think I want to read it. John 1, 1 John chapter 3, Verse 18 says, my little children, I'm reading reading from the New King James. My little children, let us not love in words or in tongue. But in deed and in truth. Love is action based. Love is not just the I love you, and I walk away. You know, there's a place in Scripture that says, if one who has goods, if he sees one in lack, don't just say, the Lord bless you, stay warm. Give them something to keep them warm. Help them to stay warm. Give them clothes to help them stay warm. You know, recently I built a shed. Well, I didn't. Well, I did. I did part of it. I laid the foundation for a shed, and and I had to borrow tools and borrow ideas and borrow people. And we started, you know, started building the shed itself. And and Stephen was helping me build the shed. And I learned something about him then. He reads instructions, I don't. So we started coupling the shed together. And I thought, oh, we'll just do this. And he picked up the instruction manual and kind of opened I said, no, let's just do it. No, that is not what the instruction said. And when I looked at it, he was right. That is not what the instruction... What I wanted to do, which would have been an easier way out, would have meant we'll build the part we were building and then have to dismantle it and build it again. So we built. And then we realized... Wow, wonder what it would have been like to build the tabernacle for Moses. Because he had the blueprint. Love does involve action. Love 
does involve sharing. A friend of mine came to help us. He came a bit late, and he said, well, what, what, what can I do for you? I said, marry, screws, and wash us. And he, he felt like, is that it? So he picked a shovel and dug up a, a tree root. I didn't ask him. He dug it up and went, oh, look, I've done this, but I've damaged your shovel. I said, James, it's fine. Forget the shovel. You've, you've dug up a root. That needed to go. I didn't even ask him to. Love just lets you give. Love lets you share. I had another friend who bought me a, pair, a set of wheels for my bike. Okay, I had to pay for it, but he said, bring your bike. I will, you know, sort your bike out and make sure the wheel fits. Set up the bike in his garden. Did all the filing and wash, he washed the bike for me. I'm telling you, these guys, some of these guys are not Christians. Yet love flows from them. Love that doesn't want anything back, not even a thank you. Selfless love. We should come to the point where we can do the same. When love is insincere, when love is not genuine, people soon find out you weren't being genuine. You were faking it. You were pretending. You were pretending to care about me, but you really didn't. You were only thinking about yourself. Um, Romans 10, 9 to 10 says this. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not bear false witness. I make to repeat that. You shall not covet somebody else's things. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this one saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. That love in you shouldn't be hurting people. That love in me shouldn't be pointing a Nerf gun at Andy and saying, I love you, even though I am just about to fire a bullet at him. That's not love. That's pretend love. That's not true love. If we, as Christians, go out on the street and go, you're going to hell, that's not love. That's pretend love. It hurts people. Pretend love hurts people and hurts people really, really deep. But see, for us to be able to love and not pretend, for us to be able to come to the place where we love genuinely, for us to be able to come to the place where I can love selflessly. Yes, sometimes you think, well, they didn't say thank you, but God is watching you in heaven. And, and, and he says he will reward you. Anyone who is diligent, he will reward he will give you something for all that you've done. There's only one way for us to display this powerful love. There is only one way. And that way is in Matthew. The root, the deep root of love. If you don't plant in and let yourself be rooted in this, a lot of what's going to happen is going to be pretend love. And with Christ... There is no pretense. There is genuineness. Jesus Christ said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first 
commandment. If you're not rooted in this, it is, I have found it is extremely difficult to love anybody else. And it goes on to say, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On this rest the commandments. On these two rest the commandments. On these two commandments hangs the law and the prophets. Love God with all your heart. The best place to begin to find genuine expression of love is to go backwards and fall in love with God. Go and build a relationship with God. Let your relationship with God not be based on Andy or who's standing here preaching or some great preacher or Joyce Meyer or Joel Austin or T.D. Jakes or whoever it is you're listening to. Don't let your relationship with God be based on that. Go and form a relationship with God yourself. Take an illustration from a marriage relationship. Imagine me trying to form a relationship with my wife through Zia. A bit awkward. Very awkward. Why then will I try to form my relationship with God through somebody else? Why not go straight to God and say, God, here I am. I love you. See, the same way we struggle with saying the I love you to the person because we think, oh, they will think I'm weird, is the same way we struggle with going back to God and saying, I love you, or maybe I'm struggling to love you because of what's happened in my life. I struggled. I never called him my father. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, I start with who art in heaven. I don't say my father because my biological father, wasn't, the experience wasn't a pleasant one. So I didn't want to continue with a father-son relationship. That might be where you are. That might be what you're struggling with. But God wants to pour his love into you. So you can pour that love out. If your heart is full of pain and hurt and disappointment and letdowns and what people said, when you go to meet someone, you try to pour out love, you end up pouring hurt and pain and what people said, and they would look at you and think, well, I'm not going to church if that's the way church is. Because they're looking, looking at you and me, and they're looking for true, genuine love. And from this, from loving God, falling in love with God, you begin to love yourself. A few years ago, God told me, anybody who loves you, James, will only love you the way you love yourself. Stop looking for love. Start loving yourself. I love you, so you love what I love. Love yourself. Once you've encountered the love of God, the next step is to love yourself. Don't take the love of God and bypass yourself and go and try to love someone. Your pain will show. Your heart will show. The issues you've not dealt with will show. The pain you're feeling will show. The disappointment you're feeling will show. You're bringing God's love, but you've not, you've not, you've not lived it. You've not let yourself experience it by loving yourself, taking care of yourself, looking after yourself, commending yourself, laughing at yourself when you make mistakes, praising yourself when you do things right. Even though nobody is telling you, well done, tell yourself, well done, you did that right. Love yourself. 
Only after then, because that scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. Would loving your neighbor become easy? Only then will TLG become easy to do. Only then will the gardening project become easy to do. Only then will 245 become easy to do. Because we love God and we love ourselves and we're carrying that combination. We just want to pour out that love. That love will change our community. That love has power, but we have to go back to the beginning. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first commandment. This is the first commandment. Next time we talk about love, we'll look at greater love and how you can take that love and push it out in the community. But for now, let's go back and re-examine our love life with God. What's your relationship with God like? What's your relationship with his word like? I'm not saying read a chapter a day. I'm just asking what's your relationship. What's your relationship in the place of prayer like? How, how often do you fellowship with God? I mean, just you and God. How often do you meditate on the word of God? What impact does it have on your life? Here is an opportunity to start again. And if you're here, if you're listening online, and you don't have a relationship with God, you don't understand this love, I'll encourage you, today is the day to kind of say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to experience your love. I want you to love me so I can love you. I want to share your love. I want to share your life. I want to be a part of the great thing you're doing, but God, start with me. Come into my life. Come and change my life. Come and change my heart. Today is your day. There is a lot of work for us to do, but without love, it's going to be a difficult work to do. So I want to ask you to think with me again. We started by thinking. We're going to finish by thinking. Where is your love rooted? Is your love rooted in God or is your love rooted in things? Because where your love is rooted will affect how you express your love. You would find people who are so much interested in protecting their car that they would punch someone. I witnessed an, an interesting scenario outside my office. I'm not entirely sure what happened, but this lady came out of a car. Look what you've done to my car and spat in the other lady's face. For what? A car, a thing that is constantly losing value. And we had to step and go, whoa, whoa. Older lady, get in the car, get in the car, drive off. Well, no, don't respond to it. You're older, drive off. You behave a bit. Love wouldn't do that. Love would turn around and go, is your car okay? Is there any damage? What can we do about it? Where is your love rooted? How is the roots of your love? If they're not strong enough or they're not deep enough, it's not too late to start. It's not too late to 
open that Bible and say, God, speak to me. It's not too late to open the Bible and say, God, change my life. Show me what is wrong with me. It's not enough to read the Bible and go, oh, Andy doesn't preach very well. He read this verse and he interpreted it like that. Or Ray, Ray read this verse and took it the other way. And that's not theologically what it means. That, that, that's not what it's about. It's about you reading the Bible and letting the Word of God change your life. Because he says the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide asunder between bone and marrow. If you let the Word of God in, the Word of God will change you. As the Word of God changes you, the Word of God will change the people around you because they will see the things around you. They will see what is happening around you. They will want to connect with God again. Let's go back. Let's check our foundation. Let's ask God what he wants to do with us. Let's ask God to change and transform our attitude. Change my attitude, the way I see people, the way I see myself, the way I think about myself, the way I think about the things around me. Because if I don't, all I will do is hurt people in love. If I am not transformed, if I don't become a new man, all I will do is hurt people in love. I will love them, but all I will be doing is causing pain. And it's time for us to move from there. If you're ready to move on, bow your heads and talk to God yourself. Because you know where you are at, and you know what you're struggling with. I know what I'm struggling with, so I'll pray for me and you pray for you. Because where his presence is, it's like heaven. If you let his presence into your life, you will experience heaven. You will experience the freedom. You will experience peace. Peace from fear. Peace from doubt. Peace from distrust. Peace from suspicion. You will experience peace from gossip. You will unplug from the gossip circle so you can experience freedom. You don't have to hear these people who talk about people. But it's got to start from you wanting to love God with all your heart. See, because the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if your heart is in loving God, what comes out of your mouth would be the love of God. Another scripture says, as a, man think, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, if your thought in your heart is about God and God's love, the personality that you would present would be a loving one. What's your relationship with God like? Shall we pray? Which part of your life would you like God to change? I, I'm still praying for change in mine. Some of them are very, very painful because he opens up a can of worms. Something I've been trying to hide. Make sure nobody sees. I forget God sees everything. Ask God to help you find change. 